The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're going to dive into the livestock side of the trade action. Brad Coima joining us with Coima and Kamek out of Sioux Center, Iowa. The numbers, Brad, um, kind of interesting is before you and I went into doing the final bell, you were talking about the 4 to 6% more cattle on feed numbers we're seeing month to month. It does put up a little bit of red flags and some questioning by folks like yourself. Well, yeah, and, and you know, sometimes I, you know, I'm i the old, boring, fundamental guy in the room here, although I certainly do understand. I think that the, the technical factors are important because of the fund involvement, and I obviously, you know, study technical issues as well. But, uh, you know, being that I'm a cattle feeder, I, I, you know, there there are still certain things that I think are significant, and, uh, you know, there are certain basic fundamental tenets that I think are important to have a fundamental understanding of, of, of what the market, you know, where we're at. And I, I just find it very interesting. I wish I had a clear-cut answer for you. But there, I'm not alone in this in this feeling either. That how can you have, uh, you know, a placement pattern for over a year that, that had placements much bigger than a year ago, have on-feed numbers for, uh, I'm talking about the cattle on feed report numbers, as long as I can remember, with more cattle on feed, you know, 4 to 6% basically all year long. So then how how is it that when we get to uh, doing our year-to-date slaughter, and this is middle August now, that we actually have, wait for it, less steer slaughter than a year ago, about 1% less steer slaughter than a year ago. Um, about 8% more, close to 9 on heifer slaughter. So what does that tell you? A couple things. Well, it looks like maybe we've maybe rounded the corner on, on expansion. You know, that we're getting some more heifers back in the, in the feed yard, not out uh, in the replacement uh, cow uh, herd. Um, but, but it still doesn't explain the lack of the steer. So are they still out there? You know, that, that would therein lies the question. Or are the reports just off a little bit this time? Um, I actually have a fair amount of confidence in the reports, believe it or not, um, and um, it's the only thing we have to go on. Um, so I, I don't know. You know, part of that whole um, uh, uh, supply side uh, puzzle is what has me a little bit concerned and being very, very conservative from the standpoint of, you know, how hedged up I, I, I feel one needs to be here the next little while yet, worried that we've maybe backed a few cattle up into this August-September slot, uh, still you know waiting for a little late cleanup of the northern calf crop. So, yeah, you know, cash market being lower last week uh, didn't really surprise me. I wouldn't be at all surprised that it might not be a little bit lower again this week. Um, it's starting to act like it a little bit already, Susan, with some of these early bids of 108, buying a few cattle here in the north, 173 buying a few cattle. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'd like to be more fun to talk to, but I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm pretty conservative right now in terms of uh, what I see uh, here in the short term. So curiosity is going to kill the cat, but we look at states like Missouri, Kansas, especially Missouri with as dry as it's become. I've seen postings through social media of people looking for places to, to send their cows, uh, obviously to get them ready for calving into the spring. Are we going to start to see some less numbers because people may not find that added pasture that they need and are going to have to ship, which then would increase the slaughter numbers? Uh, uh, <laughs> That's a good question, and I'm, you know, um, 
you know, I always, and I know you understand this, right. uh, and I think most of our listeners do too, uh, you know, whenever you start that liquidation phase, one one wants to get just a little bit, you know, like, hey, hey there's a little light at the end of the tunnel. And, and, and that's what that is. But the problem um, um, is the short-term <clears throat> of that and and then not you know i got a little evidence of that too i was scrambling here for my notes um i believe that uh beef cow slaughter is up 10 percent year to date already okay year on year comparison um you know add that to finally see this milk price come off its tail here a little bit thankfully for those guys but the worry there was because of you know financial issues that we were going to see an uptick in the dairy cow slaughter too um so i i but the so in the short term, that does trouble me. That does bother me that you got more meat here, more stuff that we got to absorb into the chain when we already have a record beef supply, record pork supply, and a near record chicken poultry supply. Um, but demand has been very, very, very good, and we've been able to offset that that huge supply. I, I just, you know, there, there's a fine line between too many and not enough. Uh, I, I would think in the short term, the worry or the risk that you're going to see some further cow liquidation, some of those drought-stressed areas is, is going to, you know, still create a little risk to the market. Hopefully, you know, this next, I don't know, I would say the next six to nine months is when you know, really going into the next summer, I still see that that calf crop is bigger than this calf crop was, and that we're still going to have supply all the way in the next summer. So I guess I wouldn't get too too uh, too uh, overly excited here yet that we're ready to you know safely go back in the water again. All right. What about hogs? Need a little help and NAFTA. Who knows when it's going to happen? Uh, need a little help is right. Wow. Uh, feel bad for the hog guys. Um, market that you know obviously already struggling under the weight of big supply, um, and then. Um, you know, to have the, you know, when you have that kind of supply, you need perfect demand. And uh, the, the the doubt that's been created over the whole NAFTA thing seems to be the enough to uh, tip the dominoes a little bit. Now, you know, I was doing a meeting last week, the other day, Friday morning, you know, and I was just listening off to the guys, you know, that, that, that how just how good demand has been and how good the pork exports have been year to date. Um, so it's a little frustrating that you know the just the worry about it has created a lot of this price action rather than the reality of it now i think it's been three straight weeks that i hear from the people that i trust that hey we're close we're close any day now we're going to hear a, 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 a some some compromise from mexico uh and if we can get mexico to go then canada will be soon to follow i it's just i'm very impatient i'm sure every hog producer is i I think there's more up from down, more room up than down from here. Um, I, I, um, I, but you know, I, I guess I look at it and go, what else for bad news can you toss at us? Let's hope that we get a little relief in terms of some trade encouragement, and maybe we can get up here out of this out of this doldrums that we're stuck in. Well, stick around, folks. We do have more of the Fontenelle Final, Final Bell coming up after this on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Federal Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as Brad Coima joins us with Coima and K-Mig out of Sioux Center, Iowa. Taking a look at the happenings of this grain market, we did finish on the positive side today. So can we say that this positive momentum for the grains is going to continue? Well, I'd like to think so. Um, and then, you know, I guess technically grains are wheat and corn and uh, and uh, oil seeds are beans. <laughs> and the fundamentals are yeah, yeah. Well, a little history lesson. Sorry about that. I, I the problem is that the fundamentals for the two row crops, the corn and the beans, are are, are unfortunately fundamentally different. Um, 
the uh, report last Friday was, you know, just like a kick in the stomach, you know, for the bean uh, market. Um, monster yield uh, followed up. I already had a huge carryout, and it got even bigger yet um, off of the off of that USDA number. You know, boosted the yield a little on the corn, but we see great, great usage of the corn. Uh, I didn't think that the report was particularly disturbing on the corn to me, and I remain somewhat stoically friendly to the corn market here because I believe... Um, that I, I don't quite trust the idea that the, the conditions have been that good throughout the entire Corn Belt, starting all the way back during planting. That gives us a chance that, you know, basically four years in a row of record or near record crops. But, you know, time will tell. Um, the usage of corn, too, is very, very encouraging to me between feed usage and ethanol usage and the fact that the exports are actually a little bit ahead of schedule is encouraging to me. Beans, I have a harder time painting that landscape that friendly um, other than to say look at the action the last two days we had sometimes the market the personality of the market the older I get is more interesting to me there'll, there'll, there'll be there'll be times when whatever market you're talking about will dwell on it seems like a one-sided way of looking at things you know they'll be they'll be they'll be stuck on talking about and thinking about supply which is where I think the bean market is at or the fact the oversupply and then at some point the market for whatever reason, we get to the point. It's like a drought in reverse, okay? So every day it doesn't rain. That doesn't mean the market goes up every day. Always, it would never stop going up. I mean, at, 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 at the end of it, at some point, you go, okay, well, now that's in the market. That's why we're at this price. Um, I guess I'm hopeful that maybe we can try to rebuild a little bit from here. I have more confidence that the corn has a little more room to rally. Um, I think the wheat's a little better tug and a pull on the, on the, on the corn, too. Um, hopefully we can drag this bean market at least up out of this level for a little ways here, Susan. Well, curiosity, as we look at this market and look at the crop progress report that came out yesterday, it just continues. Even though it dropped a little bit, it still looks really good when you compare it to years past. Statistically, there's no denying that, Susan. You know, when you're looking at 70% good to excellent, um, you know, that's the kind of that's the kind of crop ratings that you get record numbers off of. Uh, I, you know, I, I cannot argue with that. Um, so we had a whole lot less acres of corn planted, so we got off to a little better of a, you know, start that way. That way, if we have any kind of a little bit of a, a wiggle, um, you can maybe, um, you know, think that the market's different. You know, I, I, I guess I wouldn't mind thinking a little more longer term, and um, you know, have some time to have some of the. The, the folks out there recognize the corn bean ratio for next year's new crop. That's out of whack. You know, consider that when you're making some longer term plans. Um, consider whether or not after four years of cheap prices on the corn, if we aren't going to build a little more demand into the thing so that the next time we do have a little wrinkle in the weather, and we will, then the market's going to overreact to the upside. You know, I, as, a, as somebody that uses more corn than he raises because I'm a cattle feeder, I, 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 my inclination is to, to, to cover feed needs here. And in fact, I would even be a little more creative than that, maybe going into the new crop thinking that, you know, this is, this is, uh, we're making an early low because of a big crop. And, and I would have a little more enthusiasm to think that the next move is higher. So I, I don't know, you know, maybe I'm nuts here, but that's, that's the way I'm approaching a demand driven kind of, hopefully a, a market that shifts more to a demand driven mentality. The Chinese newspapers are, are touting the fact that they don't think the United States can come back from this, as they called it, tit-for-tat issues with tariffs. And they see it as well, a struggle. Yeah. I've had a lot of younger customers going, well, you're the old guy, you know. <clears throat> um, the, 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 other, the time we, that we genuinely did have a real trade war, I was a sophomore in high school um, with Jimmy Carter. So 
Um, it, this doesn't seem like it's that just yet. Uh, we've got a lot more hyperbole. Um, and, um, uh, you know, obviously with, with, with the way the news is reported these days. But um, I, I wish people could appreciate just how poor a trade deal we have with some people. Uh, you know, one of our critical beef customers, the Pacific Rim, Japan, you know, their tariff to, to Australia is half of what it is for us. Now, what's fair about that? Um, uh, it, there's, anyway, there's a lot of stuff out there, but I think if allowed, I think that the process will work. I really do. That will get a little better of a deal. I hate being the pawn in these things, uh, of course, and I think every producer does, but I, I, I'm hopeful that, you know, the EU did come along. You know, that was one bright spot. If we could get some progress in NAFTA, which I believe we will, you know, maybe we can knock off a few of these uh, negotiations one at a time and, and try to move forward with a little more representative uh, fair market type thing. I. Uh, thanks so much, Brad. What's the best way for folks to reach you? Hey, thanks again anytime. It's uh, 800-358-3047. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural.